welcome back, Calm listeners. This is Methodical Millions, where you can better your future and better yourself. Cal, we've got another awesome guest today. Let's welcome Cody McConnell. Cody, how are you today? Doing great, doing great. Awesome. And what gets you excited about life? To be honest, just building businesses, building friendships, kind of just making the best version of myself, really taking advantage of it. Life's short, but you just got to do more. Yeah. It's amazing how builders often have that appreciation for life and also understand that things are possible. When did you first realize that's the case or were you born that way? No, I definitely wasn't born that way. <laughs> so I'm 25 now. I only probably realized it a couple of years ago. That's when everything starts happening. You finish school, it's time to look for a job that will set you up for life. Like you really start having to think about the future. And then it was kind of just like that. Like, I don't know when I was like 22, I guess. That's when I realized I got to take advantage of life. I'm getting older. I got to get a job, but I don't want to be sucked into a job. Like you really just got to start making all those decisions then. Yeah. And was it like rock bottom for you or just the realization that you got to be an adult now and make those decisions? How did that realization hit you? Was it just time to get a job or was it more like, I hate what I'm doing? I liked what I was doing, but 40 hours a week. I know that's like the standard, but it's a lot of time to not be able to do what you want to do. I was just going to say, because that's basically what a lot of people don't think about. The time that they spend doing things that they hate doing or work for someone else. You know, you bring a very good point and something that we generally keep talking about is that time is probably the most valuable thing we have because you can't buy more time. Maybe capitalize on what you currently have in terms of talent or connections or ideas and hopefully buy back your own time instead of working for someone else. That's what I mean. Like, I totally agree. I like my job, but it was just the time. I'm coming home from work. I'm tired. I don't really want to do much just eats up a lot of your time. I don't really want to run life this way. So that's when I started just exploring everything I could. Can you walk us through the last three years? What are some cool things you've been learning about discovering or trying? And what's that process like today? Well, the first year, I don't know why I thought this would work, but I was just trying to trade in a 40-hour a week job for another 40-hour a week job. And I was hopping on Indeed and just job websites. I don't know why I thought that would work because I already liked my job. And it was good paying and everything. So I don't really know what I was doing there. It's funny. Every time I'd get an interview at like another job, I would kind of hit a realization. No, I actually don't really want to quit my current job. I actually have shut down two jobs where I got the job, which I mean, probably is not the most professional. I was 22. So there wasn't much care, I guess. I just started thinking with the internet, there's so many different ways to make money and build a career. But I don't even think you need a career. You just got to make money. And I was just jumping into everything, whether it be like, flipping stuff through my house, selling it on eBay, sell it on Kijiji, or like go to garage sales and sell that. When I started making money through that, that's when I was like, okay, this is cool. I don't need to fully depend on my 40 hour a week job anymore. I think that was like when my eyes opened is when I started selling stuff around my house or flipping stuff on eBay. This is kind of no skills needed. I think anybody could do that. So that kind of really opened my eyes. Imagine I do something with skills that I have. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And I have a memory when I was like six or seven years old. I remember my dad and mom saying they don't have any money and I was feeling really bad. Me and my brother, we set up a garage sale with all our stuff, like mm -hmm. toys. And it was a good experience because he let us do it. But 
I remember just giving away stuff for like five, ten dollars, and I was oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, was that even worth it? And I have to go through that process. But I went through that. You get to interact with people and see what it's like. See, what I love about your attitude is that you're using what you have around you to mm-hmm. get a different outcome. And I'm not going to speak for everyone out there, but people can take a negative opinion and say life sucks, and then they'll think that it's out of their control. But you're literally looking around you and saying, what can I make money on? And that is a thing or a quality that I think will take you far, which is just being aware that it's possible. And then number two, doing it, because I think a lot of people don't try. Yeah, that's 100%. Like I've had conversations with my friends before about this stuff. And that's what it is. They just don't try. Like you kind of just mentioned, some of them complain about their job. And they're like, well, whatever. It's the reality. You got to work a nine to five. I'm like, no, what do you mean? Like, I get that's the majority, I guess, but you don't have to do that. And yeah, it was exactly what you said. They just say, oh, well, whatever. This is what I have to do. And they just stop. They just stop there. And yeah, I decided I don't want to stop there. I just come home from work and see what else I can do. I got to give you kudos, Cody, because honestly, you're still very young. And a lot of people spend their entire lives not even realizing what you've realized. It's something we always talk about. The side hustle, if you like, turns yeah. into your main hustle, you know? And then besides that, you have this on the side because it opens the opportunities out there and you realize what potential you have. You think, what else can I do? So what was your next step after, for example, like you said, you started with selling stuff on eBay, stuff that you had around. And do you mind me asking, did you eventually leave your full-time job? Yeah, no, for sure. So I still work part-time. I dropped it down. Like I said, my job's great. It's flexible. So I dropped down the full-time and I just work part-time now, just a couple hours a week, just to keep the job in case all goes wrong. I don't think anything's going to go wrong. I don't want to manifest things to go wrong. You know what I mean? I don't want to throw that in the air, but I just keep it. A, because like I said, I like it. So I still work part-time. But after I was selling stuff around my house, I ended up running out of things to sell. So I was like, well, this is fun, but I don't have anything left to sell. So yeah, I started flipping things and it was great. But like if I would find a cool product or something at a good sale, like 40 minutes away, I realized it kind of sucked driving 40 minutes away to end up going home and hoping that it would flip online. Sometimes it didn't. So then I started just buying stuff online from big box stores and selling it locally for hire. I mean, I don't know if that's ethically wrong. That's kind of what I did. And that was great because the inventory was unlimited. Because I just buy something online, just sell it locally for hire. Maybe people paid because they didn't want to wait the shipping. I'm not really sure. But that's what I did for a bit and it worked. That's awesome because you can see the thought process of sell everything I have. Okay, now I need other things. And you went to find things and then you went to find things that are closer and easier. I think this is the natural progression of business, which is how can I tweak this a little bit to get smarter And I always say you want to try and make more money with that one thing or with that service you're providing, or you want to get your time back and then grow, either hire someone or get scouts, for example, for products. Are you flipping like PlayStation 5s? Are you flipping like Magic Bullets? You don't even have to say the product, but what kind of category? How do you decide what to flip? Because I've got a good friend of mine who likes to flip stuff too, from the auction to below retail. But if you're getting above retail or like around there, maybe just saving the shipping. Is it just an undiscovered product or are people just that lazy and it's that popular? Yeah, that's what I would kind of do. I just get any popular item. I do like flipping, but just because we were talking about, I'm not flipping today anymore. That was a part of my journey. We can still talk about it, but I'm actually selling promotional merchandise to businesses. That's what I'm super focusing on right now. That's my business. 
So I can't answer too many questions about flipping. I don't do that full time anymore. That was just my journey. But no, I would do Legos a lot. I didn't know anything about Lego, but I realized people really like it. So I'm making this up. If the new Spider-Man movie came out, Spider-Man Lego is going to be popular. Everyone wants it. They don't want to wait shipping. They want it for Christmas. So I just buy a bunch of Spider-Man Lego and sell it local. That's what I mostly flipped was Lego. And I didn't know anything about Lego. I didn't play with Lego as a kid. We just had a Lego guy on who's obsessed with <laughs> Lego. Yeah, it was crazy because people who are adults love Lego and they have money. So it's brilliant. Just Christmas, in demand. This is the essence of business where you're seeing an opportunity to deliver product faster than the Toys R Us's and all the big companies. And what you said about it's not forever, I think is one of the most important things in business, which is business is not all or nothing. If you can go make $20, it counts. You yeah. don't have to yeah. do it forever, but creativity doesn't leave you. So if you know how to make 20 bucks, you'll always know how to make 20 bucks. You'll just get smarter, try things. And that's honestly the essence of it. You don't have to go to the right schools. You can just say, how do I do this? And try it. I stand behind you by saying it's all the internet. Without the internet, I don't even think we'd be having this conversation, all three of us. And 100%. I would not be the same person. I would be listening to what the right way to live by is or maybe silently go crazy. But it's really, really cool that you did that. So that sounds very seasonal, I suppose. You do that for a couple months and then switch. You sound like a really smart guy who figures things out and gets to the next step pretty fast. So what came after the Lego flipping? Did you go straight to the promotional stuff or was there more in between that said, okay, what's the next natural step? Yeah, so this is off the top of my head. I started the flipping when I ran out of stuff in my house in the middle of summer, however many years ago it was. So it's kind of the lead up to Christmas. So I think that's why it worked so good. And then come January and February, a lot of people actually aren't even buying anything because people don't have money anymore. And Christmas is over. So other than little birthdays here and there, I'm not making as much money as I was in November and December. So then that's when I pivoted again. I was like, hey, I got to try something else. I'm not saying flipping doesn't have any skills, but I think the general person can do flipping. And I highly suggest anybody does flipping. Yeah, January and February, I was like, hey, let's try something that I actually have skills in. And that was Photoshop and video editing. And I'm not amazing at Photoshop and video editing, but I would say I'm better than the average person. So I started doing logo design and video editing for basically just anybody I could find. I would post on Facebook. I'd post ads on Kijiji, post ads on Google. I'd reach out to my parents and get them to ask their friends if they had any logos they needed or weddings to be filmed or anything like that. So I did that for like a year. I don't know if we want to talk about that before I go into the promotional items. No, I really do. Because here you are now saying, I've got skills let me sell these skills. And I think this is also a huge point for anyone listening. You don't have to be a big corporation to no. sell your services. It's all about the individual today. The internet is empowering you, not a whole company. And life's about value, right? So the value add you're providing, let's say it's 80% of the job of the most talented logo designer out there, but you'll mm -hmm. be like a third of the price or who knows, you'll be accessible to small businesses or people who don't have big budgets, there's an economy for that. And you seem very aware that these things happen. Supply and demand changes. Great point. I never even thought people stopped buying in January, February, but it's true. Mm -hmm. People go on traveling or people's visas are maxed out. Everyone wants to show off how much <laughs> yeah. money they made. No, I'd absolutely want to talk about it because go ask 10 people on the street, how do you get a new job? And they'll say, go to school. 
It's either something unachievable. So it's $40,000 in school. It's, oh, I'm too old. I'm not smart enough. Or I have to be born in a rich family. Those are the easy answers because people don't want to take responsibility. And listening to you talk really pumps me up because you're not saying it's anyone else's fault. Never did you complain. You just said, okay, now what? And Mm -hmm. I'd love to talk about each step because that's really cool. So how did you guess pricing? Did you sell online through Fiverr or did you just go local? Like you said, Kijiji, which I love Kijiji, by the way, I think it's fantastic. How did you pick pricing? Did you just throw numbers out at these businesses? I'm very curious about that process. Yeah, so that was my mistake. I did. I picked random numbers. I definitely learned from this. I've done Photoshop and video editing for myself as a hobby. Since I was a kid, I was just Photoshopping random things and making videos of one of our friends' birthday parties. I was like, let me film it and put it to some music. Like, I just really like doing it. So yeah, I didn't research other companies because I had no idea what I was doing. So I just picked random prices. Like, I think I did a hundred bucks for a logo. And then the first logo I made, I believe it was a dance studio. So I charged a hundred bucks. And it was way too much time, not because I was slow, but just because I didn't really think about, hey, they're going to have revisions. They're not going to like that part. So I'm going to go back and do that. And just like the communication and revisions and all that. So, yeah, I probably worked like 10 hours without 100 bucks, which I mean, it's still 100 bucks I didn't have. But yeah, after that, I raised my prices pretty fast. And like, I think I made it. So I made around like 30 bucks an hour. And I was pretty happy with that. So I ended up charging 250 to 300 for logo design. And then video editing was easy because I could charge 30 an hour and I would just make a time log of other times I worked. And then I would divide it by 30 an hour. Do your research about prices. It's important. It's almost the byproduct of trying. So I wouldn't say it's a bad move because again, you broke that wall of not doing versus doing. So it's hard to really fault you for that. I think every new venture has to go through that. And The only question is, are you learning from it, which you are? So it's like, how do I tweak it to make more money? Again, your dollar per hour measurements. And it's funny because I work in sales myself and I'm involved with people all the time, back and forth businesses and quoting things like IT or software or custom creative can be dicey. And I've sent back revisions. You got to experience it firsthand, but it's the reality of life. And okay, let's use services as an example. So if you're going to do a job for someone, in my experience, even if you're going to make no money, do the perfect job you can because yeah. customer service and people being happy will grow you more than you know. And they can give you a Google review or like a recommendation or you never know, like how you interact with the world is important is what I'm trying to say. So there's the kind of people you hear about who like to go for quick money, let's say scamming online. That only gets you so far before you piss people off or you're in yeah. jail. Is that how you want to live? So on this end, you're basically following through your commitment and you're making a mental note of saying, well, yeah, this was a lot more work. Let me adjust. And there you go. You found your path. So you're charging two, three times more so that you're happy. And they're probably still happy. I don't want to guess. I don't know if anyone can shoot us a message on how much a corporate logo is for like a Fortune 500 company. But I remember hearing a story. I think it was the Nike guy who made that logo for like $2,000. (laughs) And, you know, it's like the most famous logo out there. You know, is that fair? No one knows what the right answer is. But I think just being thankful for the fact that it's growing, the fact that you're trying things, you're learning for free. You're getting paid to learn, which is way better than any business school. It's way better than anyone will teach you. I think it's just really awesome. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. I'm not some 
business guru or mentor, but some of my friends, they want to start their own thing. Don't focus so much on the business plan of making, okay, this is what I'm going to do. The first month, I'm going to do this. The second month, I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to expand and do that. And then the next year, when I have this much money, I'm going to do this. Just start. If you're working on that business plan forever, you won't ever start or you'll start too late. That's what I think. I think just learn on the way. That's what I did. And it worked. Like I said, I charged a hundred bucks. Like I got a hundred dollars because I did the logo, but then I realized, okay, that's too little. So then the next logo I did, I probably realized something else, whether it not even be money. It would be like, oh, hey, it's actually faster if I do it this way. And it's more organized if I do it that way. And like, I think 100% just learn on the way you're doing. Just start. Don't obsess over the plan. No, I totally agree. Because if it's just you, you don't need a corporation. You don't need to do anything fancy. You just need paying customers. And I don't think the government cares if you make less than, I think it was $30,000 a year was the figure where you have to even claim taxes. So what that means is unless you're really, really doing well, it's the whole cart before the horse. You're right. People like to tell everyone they're doing a business. I'm a business owner. I'm living my dream and they have no customers. It's not a business. Customers and paid services always matter. And you're going through the motions of actual real transactions. And I think it is all fluff. I think it's quite cheap today to get a website going and have a little bit of presence online, which is maybe, I think, the basics. But there's nothing wrong with giving someone your phone number and saying, I'll go move furniture for you. Put a phone number. You already have a cell phone. I'll shovel your driveway and you go buy a $20 shovel. All you need is your time. You don't need a business and you'll get cash. That's literally what this is. And no one's going to stop you. It's literally just opening your mind to saying, I can make money other ways. Yeah, 100%. And that's like what I tell all my friends too. Like if they ever complain about their job or something with the internet, especially nowadays, you can do anything to make money. And I'm not saying like life's all about money. It's more about the time because I don't want to work the 40 hours a week, but you need money to not be able to work the 40 hours a week. So, I mean, it kind of is important, but there's so many things you can do. And like you said, like you don't need a business. Me flipping stuff, I mean, it can be a business, but when I was doing it, it was not a business. It was just side hustle. I think it's absolutely a business. That's what major retailers do, right? They buy (laughs) wholesale and sell retail. So you're just capitalizing on opportunity. You know where the demand is. You make it feasible and accessible for people and you charge a premium for it. It's absolutely a business and absolutely wonderful. And I want to say as well, just to note on something you commented before that you might not be a guru, but I'm telling you, you are way ahead than 90% of the population out there, regardless of age. So amazing job. Honestly, I'm not sure if you listen to all our episodes, but I would say with the exception of some episodes here and there about some news or just general discussion about investing and whatnot, you embody what we talk about. You know, you open your mind, you work, you try to expand and you're young, you're still 25 years old. By the time you're 30, I wouldn't be surprised. You'll have multiple businesses, maybe even before that. You don't have to wait till 30. You're working hard and we didn't even let you finish your story. So you might be there. We don't know. But what came after that? Yeah, I'll ramp it up a little bit. Basically, I was doing the logo design and video editing for a while. I did that for like a year and it was great. It wasn't quit my job worthy at all. But this is awesome. Having this extra money. I would say I made about 30% of my annual income at my full-time job. Yeah, percents are good. I think it's smart to think about percents. Yeah, I made like 30% of what I would make at my job. Let's say that's a 30% raise. That's 30% more money I had. So so I did logo design, video editing for a year. 
And then one of my clients who got their logo designed, they wanted their logo on lanyards. And they asked me, they're like, hey, do you know anybody who can put our logo on a lanyard for us? I was like, I don't know, just Google it. I didn't say that. It's great that they trusted me and like wanted to give me more business. Clearly, I was doing something right. And then before I handed them off to somebody else, I thought, hey, I wonder if I can find a supplier in Canada and the States and China who will print this logo on a lanyard for me. And then I would just ship it to my customer, like essentially drop ship because I didn't touch the product. So that's exactly what I did. I just did research and tried to find some suppliers who would do lanyard and sublimation printing that goes on the lanyard. So I was doing research on that. How can I get this logo on a lanyard? And I did that. I found a supplier who could do it for me. And I took a little bit of profit. I charged my customer. Like if it cost me a hundred bucks, I charged her 140 bucks. I'm just picking those numbers out of the hat. And she was super happy. That was awesome because that didn't take any time at all for me to make that 40 bucks. I didn't have to touch the product. And like as silly as this is, I didn't really have to use my brain. Like with logo and video editing, I would sometimes get burnt out because it's a lot of brain work because it's just so much thinking. Now here I am selling only promotional products and I don't even do logo design or video editing anymore. I just really fell in love with e-commerce. So then I made an e-commerce store on Shopify. Highly recommend Shopify. Super good store. And that's exactly where I am today. Wow. This is what I was talking about earlier, which is either more money or less time because they're kind of very much related. And you hit these breakthroughs of, I have to charge more because I already decided to take my extra 10, 20 hours a week and put it to use. The secret to business is realizing it's possible. So do I spend an hour a night and then finding a customer, no matter how hard, which is okay, I'm going to go shovel your snow. I'm going to do what it takes. And then seeing if you want to keep doing it because for the reasons you mentioned, like burnout or just scheduling conflicts and literally sometimes just I'm too tired and hungry Mm -hmm. because eventually we hit a wall where it's going to be an off day or it's just not sustainable. But the clever part is you're testing your limits. Besides the possibility, it's like trying to run, I think there's a famous book, the four minute mile or the six minute mile, which is Until someone hit that barrier, no one else could do it. Now everyone can do it. One Mm. person's got to show the way. And I really believe you had mentioned mentorship. Like, who are you tuned into? Do you learn from people who are already doing it? Or do you learn from the negativity? And it doesn't make anyone bad. Being negative doesn't make you a bad person. It's just not for everyone. Yeah, no, I agree. Just going back to when I was doing logo design video editing, if anybody out there is listening who's doing that stuff and having trouble finding customers, don't be so broad. And this probably goes for many services, is pick a niche. For me, the first logo I did was Dance Studios. And I really, really focused because I knew I wasn't the greatest logo designer. I knew I was pretty good, but I basically said, hey, I can make a great Dance Studio logo. And then other Dance Studios started knowing, hey, that guy makes logos for Dance Studios. So that's kind of how I got my name because if, yeah, I do anything, message me. People aren't really going to believe that as much, if that makes sense. If you're finding it hard to find clients, definitely pick a niche and then just slowly expand out of that. I second what Cal's saying. Dude, you're super brilliant. And every little piece you're talking about, ah, that makes sense. And I just want to say that this is from experience. This is from that whole step of the process where you kind of try it and you realize, what works, what doesn't. I had a similar process where I wanted to rent, I think, clothes and tools. Clothes are hard to sell. I don't know if you ever tried. I've tried selling ties on Kijiji. It's terrible. They could be expensive and no one wants to buy them. And 
the demand sucks. So I was like, okay, what about like job interviews? Maybe I can rent them to people. It was very low effort. Whatever you want to rent, I'll rent you for like five bucks. But it wasn't a niche. So you hit it on the head, which is the believability. People want authority. People want professionalism. They want to go somewhere. You go to a reputable car mechanic. You know, you go to a doctor. You don't go to your neighbor. So this is the society we live in. So you're essentially saying, I'm the dance logo studio guy. There's no authority to say you're better or worse. You're not scamming people. It's not illegal. It's just a matter of these are my services. This is my portfolio. I did this one. Do you want to give me $500? And they'll be like, okay. And that's how the world works. It's that simple. Yeah, no, that's like my big advice is don't be so broad because it just looks like it looks like desperation. It looks like yes, I need that's money. Exactly it. Yeah, it's that's standing exactly. on a I'll street corner. I'll do anything. Yeah, which you know what? I believe in giving back to the world and there's a time and a place. But if you want to stand on a street corner as like a social experiment, don't shower for three days. See how people interact with you. Go hold an empty Tim Hortons cup and see how people say hi to you. People will ignore you. It's either conditioning or their instincts are saying, yeah, I'm not going to really engage with this person. But you're almost breaking the wall of interaction of saying either I need help in life or I'm growing and I'm selling my services or you know, I'm doing my own thing. Don't talk to me. Or as you said, the friendship thing, like a good connection with a person is super rare. There's something really interesting about how that happens. And it's a strange question about the universe on how sometimes it really seems like the right place at the right time where you run into someone like, hey, this is exactly who I was looking for. I'll give you a quick story about that. So I was registering plates on an old pickup truck. I was at the ministry. So I'm standing in line and just joking about how long the line is. And the lady in front of me was like, yeah, I need my ID renewed, all that stuff. And then we start talking about jobs. And she was like, yeah, I live in the local area and I clean stuff for a living. I'm like, that's amazing. You know what? I run an Airbnb and I was actually thinking I want to hire someone. This is actually kind of perfect. We can talk and we can Uh say like we can work something out. So opening yourself to the world and having a conversation, you never know who you're going to run into. And I believe in putting it out there. So people who always talk about You said the business plan, but I think also what isn't really helpful is not talking about it, not telling anyone. And I think it holds people back because people have so many skills and talents. And I always say ideas are free. Like I love having people on the show because it just gets me pumped about life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm learning so much about good habits or really, really clever stuff. Like everything you've said is just absolutely phenomenal. I appreciate that. Thank you. Because here's why. This is an accessible approach to anyone. We always try and get into the steps because I would love for this to be a recipe to someone who hates their life and says, I want to get better. And why I think it really resonates with people is because people who are out there who want to put this out to the world and say, I want to do better. Maybe their friends won't help them. Maybe your friends aren't interested. How do you connect to those people and just talk about it? And who knows down the line, someone's going to listen to this and it changes their life. That would be the most amazing thing. And that's what I say. Ideas are free. Sharing knowledge is free. Getting excited about life is free. So why is it a crime to make money or even talk about being a good person and wanting to grow? Mm -hmm. So we're educated to think one way, which is get a job to work. And you have to almost unprogram yourself to say, how do I interact with the world to make money or offer a value or a service? And You said it best, which is there's no right way to do it. You learn as you go. You really do. There's no recipe because even if someone spells it out for you, you still have to try. It could be your local market. It could be 
the time of year. Like you said, you touched on so many smart things, which is timing, seasonality, how much work is going into it, pricing, all this kind of stuff. I just want to say it's really fantastic chatting so far. Did you just go print lanyards or did you start picking a bunch of other products? What was that process like? So the lanyards were great, great feedback from that. And then I got excited. So then I ordered lanyards for myself with my logo on them. That's basically what I started doing. I still did logo design because I didn't know this promotional merchandise was going to take off. I thought it might have been just a one-off. So then every single time I made someone a new logo, I would message them and I would say, here's your logo. Hope you like it. And then I would show them a mock-up of how their logo would look on a lanyard. And I'd say, hey, we also sell lanyards. If you ever want to toss your logo on a lanyard, let us know and I can get you a great deal. And then it would work. I was just slowly adding more suppliers and testing new products. And when I say testing, I would make them with my logo or make them with designs and I would touch and feel the products. Some were good. And then I just slowly started adding more products. So then every time I'd make a logo, it would be, I just attached your logo on a lanyard, on pens, on a USB stick, magnet stickers. Just let me know if you need any of this. I also sell promotional merchandise. And then they would order a couple items. I'm like, oh man, I just made more money from the promotional merchandise than I did off the logo. And one of them took 20 minutes and the other took like 10 hours. So then I opened a Shopify store with promotional merchandise because before I was just texting them about it. So I opened a store on Shopify and I put all the products, made a website, had no idea what I was doing when I made the website. But like I said, you just slowly get better. That was basically it. And then I just started advertising the promotional merchandise because I was making way more money with less time and less brain work. So I wasn't really getting burnt out. You're just getting dirty with it. It's just amazing. I love this stuff. I just want to mention something else. The specialization or trying to have a specialty has been a recurring thing throughout your journey. It seems to me when you started selling things from whatever you had, and then you did Legos. And I love the fact that you just actually get it done. You know, you just get your hands dirty. And if I'm honest, I see a lot of you in John as well. John, I go a long way back and he's like, do it. No nonsense kind of guy with anything he does in life, which I admire. It's absolutely just getting the work done. And now you're a business. You have your own store, which is probably better than any brick and mortar shop. And you're getting things done and probably better in every way. And just don't forget us when you go public with your <laughs> with your own business. Yeah, my IPO. <laughs> Throughout the whole podcast, I was saying, oh, just do it. Even if you don't know what you're doing. When I realized Lego worked, I did research. I started reading like crazy and educating myself about Lego and what sells and what's exclusive and what's limited edition and the piece count. I'm not just saying, yeah, just do whatever, even if you don't know what it is. I'm saying I did it first. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to do crazy research because this worked. So like, you still got to educate yourself a little bit. No, that's smart. The fancy term is product market fit, which is, does anyone actually want the service or product you're offering? The research also makes sense because you want to be the best at what you do or make yeah. sure you're not going to buy a hundred Lego sets of the wrong one. And then, you know, the store says, well, you can't return these. And it's very clever. Can you walk us through a typical day or month in your Shopify is it on autopilot? Are you spending time growing? Do you have recurring orders? Is it always a new customer? What does this stage mm -hmm. of your business look like, if you don't mind sharing? I can say my day-to-day. -day. Basically, I still reach out to some companies and nice cold calls and cold emails. So I spend like an hour doing that. And then I run ads on every platform, like Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, Twitter. Those bring in traffic. I started with doing $5 a day. 
And then I realized it worked. And then I'd go to like seven bucks a day. And I just slowly ramped that up. You don't have to spend a hundred dollars a day. Basically, it's a lot of emails of people messaging me saying, hey, I'm interested in purchasing, but I don't want to pull the trigger. Can you tell me a little bit about the keychains? I'm doing my keychains now too. I want to know how my logo will look before I purchase. So then I'll do a little mock-up. I'll send it to them. Sometimes they never answer me. Sometimes they say, yeah, perfect. I'll order 100. And then I shoot them my website and they go order 100. Or people right off of Facebook or Google will just go to my website and make a purchase. And then I send them the mock-up 24 hours after they make the purchase. And then every single night, no days off, I shoot all the orders to my suppliers. And then I'll wake up the tracking numbers. And I go attach all those tracking numbers, which I've now outsourced that. I actually got one of my friends to do that for me as he does all the tracking numbers for me because it literally is just copy and paste. So I pay him a good amount to do that for me because that's just something I could have outsourced. But yeah, basically just a lot of emails. And I do some Photoshop work where I send the mock-ups of how a lanyard will look, how a pen will look. And that's just also to help sell the product because no one wants to go buy a lanyard when they don't know how it's going to look. My Photoshop skills came in handy for that. John, looks like we have someone who's very similar to what you do, really, or at least the same kind of thinking, the same philosophy here. It's brilliant. Yeah, it is. And in my micro businesses, I'm hitting these kinds of things too. I still have a day job and I've been exploring with some small things on the side. And eventually you can only do so much during daytime. Some of it's manual labor. I now have contractors and I piece them out, but the money's coming in and I just send an automatic invoice. So I found that very useful. The Airbnb was cool in the last three months, but now I'm like personally cleaning this place. I want someone to do it for me. Very similar. Yeah. You cut your margins a little bit, but now all your time's back and you still have the momentum going of this business. And what I'm slowly realizing is how any big time CEO or executive eventually grows, which is okay. You've hit a new level, you've made it work, outsource or delegate the stuff you hate, which could just mean not enough time to do. You cut your margins 10, 20%, but all your time's back. You're not going to make as much, but you're literally making money just overseeing things, which I think is phenomenal. And then all of a sudden, I know with your mind, you're going to say, okay, well, do I turn up the dial on Google, Facebook ads, or do I change the style of ads and you said about your imagery people in software call it a b testing so i'm yeah, like the worst yeah. person to talk about marketing and all this but that's what it is all of a sudden if people like one style of ad you're gonna explore that and i know you're on the ball with your research you're on the ball with testing and finding things trying so i just think it's really really amazing that you've come so far and yeah we're excited to follow so Anytime you have a huge breakthrough, you're absolutely welcome on the show. And we'd love to hear more because it's just absolutely phenomenal talking to you. Thank you. To add to that, I was doing all the tasks myself, but I'm finishing all my work in the day and then I'm going to bed. And I was still working 40 hours at my job and like I need to delegate some tasks so I could make a new Facebook ad or make a new little video for or research new products to add or make this part of my website. So that's exactly what I did is outsource some of this work now. That is easy work where I don't need to be a perfectionist about like attaching tracking numbers. You literally just copy and paste it. That's exactly what I did as I outsourced a bunch of stuff so I could just keep adding to my business and grow. Yeah. And I actually love this model now, which is how can you pay someone? Let's say minimums 14, 15 an hour. Can you pay them $20 an hour for some side hustle money? But it's consistent work one or two hours a night. And all of a sudden 
you empower their life and they empower yours. It's like a give and take. And I like that because it's less hassle. Do I need to hire people full time? Not really. You're kind of exploring with the delegation at the right size and the right time for you, which is enough to get everything off your plate, but you don't need to hire employees necessarily. You can get your friends or whoever online. They probably love the extra money. And that's the part that empowers people, which is that you can pay more. And all of a sudden, everyone's happy. It's like a win-win. That's exactly it. I'm going to use the tracking numbers again. It's really foolproof. You can't really mess it up. I don't know if I fully recommend hiring a friend because I wouldn't want to mix business and friendship. Just in case he were to mess something up and I were to get mad at him. It sucks that we're texting about this and we're not texting about how our day was. But something super simple like these tracking numbers that I gave to my friend, he doesn't mess it up because you can't really mess it up. But I'm just happy I can give him some extra money that he has at the end of every month. And like he appreciates it. It's a job he does every day. It only takes him about an hour to do. He loves the extra money and I love helping them out too. What would you say is your next step? What's on your radar in terms of growing and It seems like this promotional business is really clicking and it's the right mix of time and effort and it seems to be doing very, very well. So is the plan to grow 10 times where you are today with this ad style or are you exploring something new? What's your game plan there? No, 100%. I'm sticking with the promotional merchandise. The logo and video editing that I did before, it was great, but this is definitely what I'm sticking with for a lot of years to come, whether it just be adding more products. I really want to make promotional merchandise cool. I don't like little silly things that get thrown in drawers when a business gives you them. Like I really try to make the promotional merchandise cool. But yeah, I could have just stuck with lanyards and made some little money. But no, I just kept adding products, doing research, testing products, testing new ads, and just really focusing on marketing. So yeah, I'm really, really pushing for this promotional merchandise and it's going great. And I love doing it because it mixes well with my hobby of Photoshop and video editing that I had before because I get to do all the mock-ups for customers. I get to design ads, which I love designing ads. They're really fun to design. Yeah, so I'm still doing the video editing and Photoshop for myself, which is great. Awesome, Cody. Thanks so much for coming on. It was an amazing chat. What's your Shopify store called? We can put it in the show notes. Do you have any Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn you want to link? Yeah, so my website, it's codymcconnell-promo.com. D-O-D-Y-M-C-C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Promo.com. And that's where all my promotional merchandise is. So if you're a business, check it out. Funny thing about my website quickly is I didn't know it it was going to take off. So I just made it my name. And now I am stuck way too deep with not really a company name. Like I wish I came up with a clever company name, but it's ranked high on Google. Everyone recognizes the name. So yeah, don't judge the domain name. I really wish it wasn't that, but I'm stuck with it now. I don't know if Louis Vuitton is a person or not, but there's lots of name branding and Cody McConnell sounds like some fashion (laughs) promo thing. It sounds right. Listen, if it works, it's authentic. There's nothing wrong with it. It's obviously working. I wouldn't stress over it. And I wish you all the success in life. We have to keep in touch for sure. And you're welcome on anytime. No, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is great. Thank you for coming on the show. Stay in touch. Awesome. Thank you. So with that said, let's wrap up today's episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of Methodical Millions, where you can better your future and better yourself. Thanks, everyone.